0: And that in a lot of cases, we're not really operating at our best. We're not at our peak of what we could be doing. And so how do we evolve, you know, our performance so that we can get, you know, to get to that higher level? Um, And it's my belief that when we do that, we have exceptional lives, that we have these exceptional experiences, and it allows us to just live such a better, more fulfilling life. Um, yeah. and, and so so for me, it's the evolution and it's the revolution because I want more people to feel this way. I want yeah. more people to, to learn the lessons and look at how to live better than they do today.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the Moments with Chrissy podcast. Um, today we are joined by someone who I met Um, she is um, a go-getter, definitely a jet setter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Last time when we talked there's so much in her plate and I don't know how she does it and so I really want to introduce you Jessica who's in this call and Jessica is a spouse, a mother, a leader, a catalyst, a talent management I'd a guru, but she's a leader for sure. Um, and Jessica is a certified strengths coach. So she has her own side business while managing her own full-time work while managing being a full-time mom. So today in this podcast, we'll really learn a lot more about her journey um, in this story that we are hoping to reveal and share to the audience. Uh, For 10 years, just to give you some um, background as well, Jessica has worked in to shape the Experitex talent management program into an exceptional workplace by creating strategies for peak performance. Uh, And what does that mean? We'll learn more as we introduce Jessica into this call. Hi, Jessica. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's so nice having you here. Um, how have you been? How's the weather there?
0: <laughs> it, it's actually, well, it's super hot. It's yeah. beautiful. It looks yeah. great from inside. Yeah. Outside, I don't know that it would feel as good, but okay. <laughs> looking at it out the window, it looks gorgeous. Okay. So it's probably good to just stay inside. Yeah. we've had We've had a heat wave. So my kids come home every day and they're like, well, we got to play on the playground in the morning, but it's too hot in the afternoon. So, so it's, it's it's been it's been extra warm this week. OK, that's awesome.
1: Well, Jessica, before we dive in, I do like to ask random questions in the beginning just for me to get to know you better. I've known yeah. a bit a part of you from our last call, but then um, our audience hasn't really gotten to know you just yet. So I'll be I'll be throwing in some questions uh, just to get to know you. Uh, are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm yeah. ready. Let's go. <laughs> okay, awesome. So um, I know you are in a four-season um, country as well or s- city, um, but which is your favorite season and why?
0: So I love the fall. That's when mm-hmm. I got married. Um, love the changing of the um, of the leaves, the color, um, and I love the in-between weather yeah. <laughs> the best. I I actually don't like really hot weather, ironically. Um, And and so the fall is probably my favorite season.
1: Okay. Yeah, I agree. I feel like too hot, too cold. It's like you'd probably do not want to be outside on either of (laughs) those
0: (laughs) extremes. Yeah. Well, fall is coming up. And (laughs) I live in St. Louis and the allergies here are terrible. So the spring is not a fun time for me and my family. so, So the fall is much better.
1: Okay, like allergies with the pollen and all that? Okay, yeah, Yeah, definitely not fun. Well, I I guess summer is closing up and um what were did you have any summer highlights this year what stood out for you
0: <laughs> yeah so I mean most of my summer was actually spent working on the book that I'm going to be publishing soon um we went you know finally on some vacations you know um and spent a lot of time at at my parents have a, a lake house so we were able to go you know be on the lake be outside be in nature I love that and um then I've got twin two-year-olds every time yeah. they took a nap, I would um use that, you know, three hour window to to work on and write my book. So that was my heavy push um this summer on vacation and weekends was just to 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 focus on the book and then enjoy being outside and just um you know playing with my kids and having fun.
1: Yeah I'm excited to dive into your <laughs> book journey as well. Um but speaking of book, um do you see yourself more of a reader or a writer? Mm. <laughs>
0: Gosh, that's hard now that I've written a book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, how oh, they go so together. But I mean, I am like an obsessive reader. Like my husband jokes that you can always find three to five books within reach of me at any time. And he's <laughs> kind of right. Like I have books everywhere that I go and then they're with me. Even when I don't have time to read them, I still bring Just them with me. Him, yeah. So probably a reader.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I guess physical or an e-reader? physical
0: book or? all of it all of it oh. I, have, I, have physical books. I will and I read more than one book at once a yes. lot or I'm I'm so I'll listen be listening to a book on audible so I love to listen to to books or podcasts while I'm like getting mm-hmm. ready or or you know cooking or doing laundry whatever I just fill that time with listening and then um and then I and then I read you know every night um and so I um so I have physical books I have Audible. I used to do a lot of e-reader. I've done less (laughs) of the Mm e-reader. I don't know. I like the books and I love to like underline and mark it up and put in the, in the, you know, in the, in the column, like this is what I thought or whatever. So I just, I'm still a little bit old school that way. No,
1: I love it. Honestly, like for me, I love, and it's probably a weird thing. I love like flipping the books and just like the smell of the books. I'm just like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to move to an e-reader. I'm, like, exploring options, but I'm, like, I don't think I can just let go of, like, physical books. It still has yeah. its own. Yeah, for sure. the <laughs> same. Yeah. All right. And my very last question that I do ask all of my guest speakers is, what is your spirit animal?
0: Ooh, a lion. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's, um. Has it always been a lion? I think so. Yeah. um it's my I'm a Leo. That's the you know, uh, I had a feeling oh, you would say that. Yeah. But I just have a really um always had like a really strong personality. It really always kind of led um and pulled people together and been, you know, you know, kinda out front. Um and and from time to time I've, you know, I've struggled, you know, with that. But um I think that that is like that is truly my spirit animal. That is truly who I am no oh,
1: I love that I love that well um we're gonna bring out that lion in this <laughs> podcast exactly. Yes, and so yes Jessica thanks for answering those questions now we're gonna dive in deep um mm-hmm. since we did talk about the lion and your story on leadership um be able to now lead a team and now being a coach as well and also making uh, creating your own go- book and publishing it that's all leadership um, you take ownership, taking ownership. And so, what has your story been um, in being able to bring that out of you that leadership
0: quality? Yeah, so my story, like it's a little unique. So, I went to law school, I got my law degree. I thought I was going to be that um, influencer in the courtroom, mm-hmm. you know, telling the story of clients and doing cases. Um, I graduated from law school in 2010. We were in an economic downturn. Um, I graduated, you know, top 5% of my class, but it was just a really, really tough time. Um, and it, and uh, law firms were waiting for, um, for bar results to, to make offers. So I went to work um, at the time for my dad's company um, temporarily to do a merger um, of a business, an acquisition and a merger of a business and help do the, that activity. And I really just fell in love with all the people there.
1: Yeah,
0: And so that led me to just by a, a sequence of events to say, okay, I'll spend a couple of years doing talent management. I'll spend a couple of years building this. I know the company, I know what, what people do. Um, they were so busy. So I would just build it. I would build it, you know, for a period of time. And then I would leave. Well, it's now been 11 years, 10, 10 or 11 years. And, um, and I'm still there. So clearly, I just really, really gravitated towards that. And I loved it. I loved building everything that we built. Um, and I like kind of slowly added on over the years. So like I took um, um, I, responsibility for IT a few years ago, in addition to talent management. I've always had legal since I am the attorney mm-hmm. um, and um, marketing, customer service, order management, a bunch of the supporting functions. So I got to experience leading initially directly, but then leading through other people, through other managers, leading different departments, leading different groups that have to do different things. Mm -hmm. Um, IT is very different than, you know, talent management, than order management, right? They're all very different functions. Um, And then, you know, our organization, Experitech, it's a phenomenal company. It's employee owned and they, um, we won the Gallup Exceptional Workplace Award. Um, And for me, that was my goal. That was what I set out to do, you know, 10 years prior was to make it an exceptional workplace. And we've won that award three years in a row. Um, And that's really what brought me to this year saying, okay, I need to get out and help more companies. I need to get this message further. And um, really got me, you know, on the path to writing my book.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And, and there's so much in there that I really want to dive into. Sure. Um, when you decided to take on that opportunity to lead the team in your dad's organization, then were there any hesitations? What were the challenges and the things that you were excited about? I guess those were two things I'm curious to hear.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> there was no like HR function. Yes. Um, like they, the organization, everything had kind of been the culture had kind of just been run by like the energy of the, the leadership members that were there. So there wasn't really any systems or structures mm-hmm. or process. There was no like, you know, how do we, how do we recruit and hire? How do we, mm-hmm. you know, how do we do this? And we were growing fast, like really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And so that was what really excited me was I was building something. I was creating an entire talent management strategy program approach Um And so that was what really, you know, got me on that on that path.
1: Mm -hmm. And so with your path um, before you started into that organization, what was your story like or what was your journey before you got into that?
0: Yeah, so I, um, so I'd been in school for a long time. So I went yeah. from graduating from college, I did a master's program and then got my juris doctorate. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I had a series of, I primarily actually worked in the nonprofit arena mm-hmm. um, and worked for a series of different um, nonprofit organizations um, and really thought I was going to go down a path to get into public administration to to local government. Um, and ultimately de- determined through some of those, um, through some of those work experiences that, that wasn't a good fit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I really thought I was going to, you know, go into the, the legal litigation field. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you'd asked me, you know, when I graduated, if I thought I would still be at Experitech now, I would have laughed you out of the room because yeah. I did not. I, actually, as a kid, I swore to my dad, I would never work for his company that I would just never do it. That's not what I wanted. Um, well, not what I wanted to do, but, um, but it was what I was supposed to do. It was what I was meant to do. I learned so many lessons and, um, I met my husband there. So, you know, we're, we're married (laughs) with three kids now. So, you know, a lot of really, really good things came from it. Yeah.
1: That's crazy to think, right? Like the, the things that you set up for yourself initially seems like this is the path that I, Thought I would be choosing for me, but then life kind of leads you into these different paths. There's all these options for you, and it seems like the path to join your dad's organization um, that that led you to so many other paths that you're like, what? Ooh, I never thought I'll be ever in this place before, like probably five years ago, ten years ago. So your dad's probably very proud of you and really happy <laughs> that you've decided to join his organization. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he's he's now retired. So yes. he's since retired, and someone else is is um is the president yes. um and CEO now. But um, yeah, it was, that was another piece of it. It was great. My dad lived and breathed the yes. company. Um, it was everything to him, mm-hmm. and so to get to work with him and see, learn from his leadership style, yeah. people just loved him as a leader, as a person, and um, I learned so much getting to spend that that time with him. And I don't think that we would be as close today if we hadn't, you know, spent that time together. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, I think it was. It, I think it helped to craft and bring everything together for me in terms of my book, in terms of my future, to have had all of the experiences along
1: the way yeah for sure and being I I don't know like I have only worked with my parents because they have their own business as well um when I was younger and it was just to help with papers because you know how previously it's like there are no computers so everything's like filing and all that yeah but it's really nice of serving your dad in a different probably picture Mm -hmm. or different role in that company um and what would you say is like probably the biggest lesson that you've learned from his leadership in that company
0: um treat people like people so um always do right by them Mm -hmm. and then they're gonna do right by you so he always was a big believer in um taking care of people knowing about them you know and developed really, really long-term relationships with his employees. I mean, people worked there for, you know, 40-plus years. Um, And so I think that that's, you know, really, I think, the biggest lesson. I think it's a lesson for all business that when you really care about people and you do the right thing, they will do crazy things for you. I mean, they will go above and beyond because they're so committed and so devoted to the organization itself.
1: Yeah. And for you, like when you took part of
0: it, it's how long has it been
1: since you've joined the company again?
0: Oh, I think it's ten or eleven
1: years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so how um can you walk us through on how you came to be where you are right now? I know you mentioned that, you know, there weren't any HR processes previously. Um, was HR something that you've always been interested in before or you were like, This is a project I see that the company needs, so I'll take on it and that leadership in that industry developed from there.
0: So funny story. So in yeah. college, I thought I might be interested in HR. And my dad actually advised me against it because he didn't like HR. So <laughs> in like human resources, that's yeah. why they didn't have one. Yes, exactly. So yeah. the person that was doing basically the things that had to be done was his executive assistant. And at the time she said, I'm done. This is too much. Like either you take this off me or I'm yeah. leaving. Cause she was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this full time anymore. Cause there was just so much, we were hiring so much. We were doing so much in that space. So, um, so we, I helped to craft the job description. I helped to lay out, you know, here's the job description for the role. And, um, we were consulting with an external, um, uh, you know, advisor at the time on like what type of person we might want to hire. And he was like, how come you're not just going to do this? Mm-hmm. And like, how come, like, why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't you be the one to do this? And said, said the same thing to to my dad and then the leader that I ultimately went to work for. And I was like, yeah, like, this does kind of sound fun. Um, And it's why we named it talent management, not HR. Yes. And for years I've said, like, people will joke, well, don't tell HR. And I'm like, we have an HR department. <laughs> no, no, please tell me we don't. I'm not supposed to have an HR department. Yeah. So, you know, he really had an aversion, um, to, and it's really the, like the, the, the old school HR of like complaint department and, you know, regimented processes and everybody serves them versus the way we've approached talent management is just a really close partnership with our leaders to say like, how are we doing this? How do we work together? What training do we need? What, you know, what culture, what elements and, um, and so, yeah, so we we worked really hard to craft that to be different.
1: No, I love it. I love it so much. Like HR has evolved tremendously in the past couple of yeah. years. And it seems like your perspective of HR have, like when you took it on, it's already a progressive way of thinking, very forward thinking, where it's like, you know, it's always about the human's. Um, the human aspect of the organization and the old way of doing hr was't really that it was more robotic right yeah yeah well, <laughs>
0: one one of the things so one of the key tasks to me early on with performance reviews yes. i talk about this in my book i talk about yes. you know putting like putting in place like he wanted me to put in place performance reviews and i did all this research and i'm like no that's a terrible idea like that would be going down the complete wrong path because we weren't doing anything we didn't have anything really yeah at the time. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I went to him with like you know, like here's all the research and there was a lot. It's when Adobe, you know, threw there was a, a big big article back with with Harvard Business Review and Adobe throughout the performance review and um and and all of these things were happening and I'm like, we can't do that. Like that's a terrible idea. So Luckily they listened and we went with like a completely different model, but it was, it was, I mean, that was exactly the time that I was in of like, things are changing and we better start with yes. the change. Like we don't want to go down this old path yes. and then have to make the change later.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, there's so many things, especially now being remote, I'm sure there's more processes that's been put in place. Um, and for you, like, I know you are doing your coaching as well on the side, helping out businesses in their processes. Did you find that there's any difference in how you are interacting with them or the strategies that you've been recommending to them now that, you know, most things are remote? Yeah.
0: So, so, to, so to date, like I'm, I'm very, still very full time yes. in my, yeah. um, in my primary role. Yes. I've done some limited work with some other um, companies, particularly other companies like ours that yes. we, we kind of consider ourselves like sisters, sister companies, or, you know, brother, sister companies. So I've worked with them a bit. I think, I think it's an unfair, um, it's probably an unfair mm-hmm. uh, selection size because we are um, so similar. And and but when it comes to processes, so mm-hmm. um, although you can't make people simple, this is this is big for me. Yes. You can't I, no matter what you do, <laughs> you can't make people simple. We need to try to make the processes or the 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 um, uh, approach to managing people as simple as possible. Yes. So I'm actually not a big fan of a lot of process or right. a lot of forms or things like that. Um, and for for our organization or my my philosophy is very heavily focused on communication mm-hmm. and coaching mm-hmm. and having the right conversation and, and, and having it frequently and and doing those things rather than a lot of a lot of structure now like everybody in the remote environment it's yeah. a little bit more challenging Um, but it's not all that different to sit across the camera from somebody when you're coaching them than it is to sit, um, you know, across the room. So, and most of our organization was already spread out Mm -hmm. a bit, um, across multiple offices. So it wasn't like we were always face to face, you know, with everybody to begin with. So, you know, there was, there was a lot of elements of that.
1: Awesome. Um, I wanted to dive in your book, but there, I just wanted to bring up something that uh, one of my colleagues actually showed me this article and it's super fascinating. So it's something about um, people showing themselves on camera and off camera. And a research was shared that sometimes it's okay, like someone not showing their face on the camera does not mean that they're disengaged. Sometimes they're just, they just want to, some space, um, because they're probably back in back to back meetings. Um, this is probably a very specific thing, but I'm curious to know, do you have any thoughts on, you know, managing meetings, um, through video or audio now that everyone's working remotely and employee engagement?
0: Yeah. So we're kind of hybrid right now. We've yes. got about half of our workplace back, back in the office. Mm-hmm. I think, um, So from my perspective, I think when people are on camera, uh, the first thing you have to do is make them comfortable with being on camera. Um, And then the second thing is that I think when people are on camera, they are a little bit more connected. You can see their response. So anything that's a smaller group, you know, that's a a one-to-one or like maybe four or five people, like I really encourage it. And there are days that I look nice, you know, like I do today. And there are days that I don't and mm. i it doesn't matter i'll still turn my camera on um this is just what i look like today yeah. um and um i think especially when you're talking about internal relationships i think once people realize that's okay there's yeah. you know i'd rather us look at each other and make eye contact and talk through the, the what we're talking about um i think then they get a lot more comfortable with doing it now i think it's a little different when it's a large group yes. um and then i think you're i think then i think the whatever it is you read i think is is absolutely right on that sometimes you know they might turn it on then they might turn it off you know mm-hmm. take a break to be able to like stand up or move around but still listening mm-hmm. so I think there's got to be kind of a, a balance between those two because otherwise you're sitting looking at a camera all day
1: yeah no I, I love that you've differentiated the big group versus small group because that's true like if you're let's say in a smaller group it definitely feels more human and personal if you show your camera and be like this is me today <laughs> take exactly. it or leave it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. so I i love that you've differentiated both um and i agree as well like sometimes in bigger groups um that's something that is okay like it doesn't have to be a mandatory thing Um, especially if it's probably like let's say a two-hour let's say conference call that might be a bit overwhelming for some people to just stay
0: oh yeah (laughs) I mean, I've had half-day meetings. Oh, my now. God. And and <laughs> you're, you're right. It is it is long. It is a lot. Yeah.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your insight on that. Um, but, yes, I wanted to dive in your book uh, so badly. I, I wanted to dive into it right away, but I'm like, let me <laughs> ease <fine>. into it. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so how – okay, I guess first of all, um, what drove you to decide this is a channel for me that I want to share my thoughts on? Um
0: So I actually, so I started writing during the pandemic um, and I started just writing articles first and I did it because I found it really therapeutic for myself. So I love, I love writing. I love putting words together and, you know, to explain and, and put together a key concept. So I, um, started writing from, from that perspective. And I really enjoyed it. It was, it was just a good process for me. It was as much for me as whoever decided to read it. You know, there were mm-hmm. like, I put it out there, but it wasn't really about necessarily who read it. It was just about you know, my experience. And then sometime around Christmas yes, um, last year or this past year, I started to get this feeling like I'm supposed to write a book. Like I'm supposed yeah. to write a book on these things. And I had these things in my head that I felt just really strongly needed to get out there needed to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm sure other people are saying this and, and then I, um, did a voices of woman summit Mm -hmm. in the, in the spring. Yeah. And I was—I listened to another speaker um, who's now my coach, Kira Polson, and she runs um, a publishing company called Freedom House that publishes books, um, you know, of basically of, of women and uh, who have a message to get out of a women, of women who mm-hmm. have a message they want to share to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And I felt just a connection there and um, reached out to her. And really, I'd started writing the book a little bit, mm-hmm. but really it was once I, um, Met with her and and joined her um her program um that I was really able to get focused and do the things that I needed to do to really make it make it a reality.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, your book, what so far you've published one book. Um, what do you think are the main highlights when in your in your journey to publishing that? Because it, it is quite a process I'm sure to actually sit down and you said on weekends over the summer, you would write down stuff like what kept you going? Cause that's.
0: Yeah. So I think for people who, um, and I've, I've now been working with a number of other authors who get this. Um, I think there's just something that's like, I gotta write it. I gotta get it out. And if yeah. you don't, it actually doesn't feel good. Like yeah. you actually feel like, duck like it I just got to get it out I got to so um so for me I you know I had a framework like because it's the framework that I've kind of used um and I use a very specific um approach um called a a radium that is done by Tim Pollard and um in order to I do that for all my presentations all my trainings and then I I did the same thing for my books kind of lay out what is it that I want people to take away. What's the problem, you know, I'm trying to solve and what is it that I want people to do, you know, and, and what's the purpose. And I, I laid it all out. And then, um, just ideas came at, you know, really interesting moments. Um, I kind of say it was, it was a little bit of a divinely inspired book because I feel like my faith and I feel like there were points, it's not a religious book by any means, but there were points where stories or analogies would just kind of come to me like, oh, this is perfect. This is a perfect analogy for that, you know, to help it make sense or to, to help it sink in. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how I, um, you know, that's kind of how I got, you know, started or, or got inspiration for it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love hearing that. I've always loved to write as well growing up. Um, I did start journaling first before even writing articles because I agree with you sometimes putting words into together and putting them out there it just feels like a relief or a release as well um because you're sort of it's like energy that's like pent up in you, and you're like I just have to let it go yeah. and a book is like probably the best way to. There's probably a huge energy inside you that's like it's ready to like erupt. <laughs>
0: well, and and so I'm a I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, so yes. if, 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 I I do Gallup Clifton strengths assessments. Yes. Um, and and actually the book itself is is I'm a licensed partner with Gallup yeah. to to deliver some of their material, but they um. My number one strength in Gallup. So Gallup has 34 talent themes, and then you take an assessment and it gives you your top five, or you can get all of them ranked. Um, but my number one talent is communication. I love, you know, writing, communicating, like that's just my that's that's my favorite thing to do. And one of the things I realized that kind of led me to the to the writing and the and, and I also mm-hmm. journal now is um, a series that Gallup did around well-being and their new book on well-being. Okay. And realizing that for me my strength is communication so things that allow me to get things out to to write to yeah. speak etc um really that helps my well-being so for me it's not about you know go into a spa day yes. you know or whatever like that i mean that's fun i would love yeah. to do a spa day but but that's not really what's essential to my well-being it's the writing for me and yeah. so i think that um, yeah that that insight really was part of what kind of shifted me. I wrote an article, um, and, and it's, you know, posted it on my website at the time, but it's really what, what helped me to shift and say, okay, like, this is what I'm, this is what I need to to do and need to lay out. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's a really exciting and fun topic.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm definitely going to ask for that article. I do want to share it to the people for them to read as well. I think that's really awesome. Um, the title of your book is, um, evolving life are oh sorry life our yep. evolution
0: it's the it's the exceptional life revolution yeah. mm-hmm. um and and i think of it that way because it is both our evolution because i think oh. we have to evolve our okay. performance that's a yeah. big part of it is evolving who we are to be at that next level in any role so yes. I talk a lot about that it's this book is not just for workplaces although mm. I've applied these principles extensively in the workplace it's also for our role as parent as mom our roles in our communities in our churches it's it's our roles in life and that in a lot of cases we're not really operating at our best we're not at mm. our peak of what we could be doing and so how do we evolve you know our performance yeah. so that we can get you know to get to that higher level um, and it's my belief that when we do that, we have exceptional lives, that we have these exceptional experiences yeah. and it allowed us to just live such a better, more fulfilling life. Um, yeah. and, and so, so for me, it's the evolution and it's the revolution because I want more people to feel this way. I want yeah. more people to, to learn the lessons and look at how to live better than they do today.
1: No, I love it. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, I know that there's also a free chapter for people to look into that. Yes, so I'll definitely um, plug that in this episode at the bottom. So everyone definitely check that out. I think this is, you know, as Jessica has mentioned, this is like a great way for you to not only apply at your workplace, but also in your life. Um, I, I love the fact that you added dash R. I was like... I wonder, I have to ask her what this means. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'll tell you, um, so your, your audience knows too. So yeah, yeah I'll, 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 provide the first chapter for free. And then, um, I just decided that along with the book, okay. there's going to be a free workbook. So if you buy the book, oh, you'll get a free workbook. There's a lot all throughout it, um, different places where you can reflect on the concepts and really apply them. So I'm a big believer in you've got to experience it yeah. to, to, to bring about the change or bring about the evolution, just reading about it, no matter how great the knowledge in my book is, it's not going to make a lick of difference if people don't apply it yes. in their lives. So there's a workbook and, um, and I'm providing the first, um, the first series in my uh, of training um, around creating an exceptional um, and creating exceptional experiences yeah. um, as a, as a freebie as well. So if you get the workbook, you get the free first free course, uh, to, to be able to, to participate and, 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 and see what it's all about. That's awesome. It's a package deal. <laughs> it is, yeah. Well, it really matters <laughs> yeah, to me that it. it impacts people, yeah, so that people yeah, can yeah. take something. And I've read the book like a thousand times now because yeah. I'm, I'm also a maximizer who yeah. really cares about every detail and wants to make it perfect. So I read it and every time I reread it, it's my book, I wrote it, right? But every time I reread it, I find something else in it that I'm like, oh yeah, that's really good. I got to remember that, you know, like I'm going to use that tomorrow with XYZ employee. Like I'm going to, I'm going to talk to them and, and use that. So, um, they're just really practical principles that I think anybody at any point in their career and at any point in life, whether they're an, you know, unpaid worker who works at home and does the ton of work that happens in the home Mm -hmm. or whether they're in the workplace or they're in the community, no matter where they are, you'll, you'll find something you can take from this.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I think everyone, especially now during these times really need that extra boost to know that, you know what, We're going through something rough together, um, and that's okay. But that is not an excuse to limit yourself from being, as you've mentioned, exceptional and live an exceptional life, even during these times, right? Um, And for you, I'm really um, curious to know, like, you're a mom of three kids, full-time employee, published a book, coaching on the side as well. How do you manage all of that? Like, what's your system that keeps you yeah
0: (laughs) so um you know I I think I think for me it is staying organized yes it is also I don't think earlier in my career I would have been able to do some of what I'm doing now um I think the fact that I had developed um managers and employees who work for me in the workplace that are just really talented and really sophisticated today that helps um they need a lot less you know hand-holding mm-hmm. um you know maybe than in the past and a lot of our systems and processes and things are are pretty mature and pretty mm-hmm. developed um so you know i also don't watch tv like i gave up tv entirely we like canceled our cable connection um because i found that my life was so much more fulfilled when I was reading and writing or talking to my husband or playing with my kids. And so I have just completely, you know, unless I turn on the news for some reason, I have just completely eliminated that. Um, And I know I'm going to miss out on some like cultural things that, you know, it helps to know about, you know, Game of Thrones and things (laughs) like that. But, um, but for me, at least at this point in my life, um i I found writing my book so fulfilling that yeah. you know doing that every night so i would i would work you know i work in a normal day yeah. um you know maybe maybe seven seven thirty till till five five thirty six mm-hmm. depending on the day be with my kids till they go to bed at seven seven thirty and mm-hmm. then I would go um work um until you know until I went to bed mm-hmm. and then on the weekends I would be with my kids and then i would take the nap time. My, my son didn't, doesn't nap, but he'd take that time with my husband and, um, or, you know, the, every parent's babysitter, the iPad, he'd get that for a little while, um, so that I could work on, on the book. So that's really, and then I, and then I hadn't taken vacation in a long time. So we took more vacation this summer. So I was able to use a lot of those days too, um, as opportunities.
1: That's awesome. And, do you feel like after you've released this book or after you've decided to dedicate your time in this project that your interactions with let's say your family and your friends have changed
0: as well? Or yeah, so I actually talk about um, in the book and, and I Yeah does this really work? Like like what's my what's my proof of this? Or like I'm I'm making you know, I'm I'm providing all this information. And one of the things that I say is, so I I'm not a researcher, I'm not an academic. I'm not bringing totally new theories or, Mm -hmm. or in, you know, or, or elements. I'm just bringing what currently exists together. And there are such phenomenal Mm -hmm. leaders and writers in, in this space, you know, from Brene Brown, Sean Aker, Cy Wakeman, um, you know, there's just so many who have done such good work. And so I'm really just building on that, Mm -hmm. um, but that I but that for me, the more that I apply these principles in my life, the more that I use them, the more that I live by them, the more fulfilled I am, yeah the happier I am. Yeah. I mean, I live an exceptional life. Now, an exceptional life, just to be clear, it's not a life free of problems. Yes. That, that is that is <laughs> not, not the case. I'm not selling <laughs> yeah. I posted a recent article on like I'm not a snake oil salesperson here. Yeah. Like not a um this is not a like bait and switch. Like that you're not going to have a perfect life. Nobody can, Nobody. but how can you have more of those exceptional experiences, those experiences that fill you with joy and satisfaction and make you feel good about the life that you're living. And so that is the goal. The goal is not perfect. The goal is exceptional. It's better than it's, 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 it's superior. It's extraordinary. It's more than what you're living today. And how do you feel it more? And mm-hmm. so for me, I've seen it for myself. I've seen it for the employees that I've coached in my small fear. Our business is pretty small. It's a, it's a 200 you know, person um, um, company. But, you know, in that business, I've seen what it can do um, for people. And so I know it's possible. I yeah. know that more people can live this way.
1: Yeah. And it's it, it's wonderful when you say that it, it's like sharing your truth because the words that you've written in this book, it's not just words that came out of you while randomly, while let's say reflecting on things, things that actually you've practiced in your own life and your employees as well have practiced as well. So it's like really awesome that you even like you mentioned, you keep going back to the book, sometimes read on it and you're like, oh, this is awesome. I'll take it back to what I'm doing right now. And it's a lot of, it's a relationship that you have with the book as well. It's yet your truth. It's a projection of your truth again and again. And I feel like that's like, as an author of that book, it's probably such a, I don't know, a very humbling experience to see yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I'm a big believer and I did this throughout my whole career. I'm a huge believer in, I have to try it. Like if, if I can't do it, then why am I going to ask somebody else to do it? And I think a lot of HR talent management people get into trouble in this space. I've watched, I had to coach my Mm -hmm. team around this Mm -hmm. because you have a tendency to want to oversimplify like, Oh, like this isn't that hard manager, just do it. But when you're a manager and you're like, it's hard, you're trying to get the work done and these people things pop up and you're like, I don't know like how do I have time? I gotta get this other yeah, thing done. And, yeah. and it's like it's so frustrating. And so it's easy from like a, a bird's eye view to be like, oh, that's that's no big deal, that's not hard. But when you do it yourself, so every tool, every strategy, everything I've done, I've always done it first. And if it and there's things that I did that didn't work and I tossed them. I'm like, this is this if I can't do this, then I can't convince anyone yeah. else to do it. Yeah. So everything that's in my book. And, and not just me. In a lot of cases, you know, I've, I've really relied on expertise and a mm-hmm. lot of experts in the book mm-hmm. of what they bring and the different elements that they bring. Because yeah. the information that we need to be successful exists today. Yes. We have the research. We have the knowledge. It's there. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things I say is what's so sad is that we're not teaching every kid that's yeah. growing up today a lot of yeah. these things because yeah. we know it yeah. and we figure it out once we're adults. So why are not we, why isn't that not part of the curriculum? But yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing new. It's just applying what we know works.
1: Yeah. Do you, and, and this is more of, because you've mentioned about it's true. Like as a kid growing up, you don't really get exposed to these, you know, life lessons or life skills where you're like, this is how you communicate. This is, you know, how you make friends and how you are able to be yourself while making friends or just life skills. And, Mm -hmm. um, so for you um, in that journey, and now that you have you have this truth that you've shared along with other experts in the book, how has that transformed or how have you transferred that into your relationship with, let's say, your kids? And how do you communicate with them when they're, they're like, mommy, like this yeah. kid did this or like, mommy,
0: I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm yeah. curious. So um So a lot of the principles that Mm. I think are so helpful are in like the the growth mindset or the 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 mindset space, and so yeah, like I'm a I'm terrible experimenter on my kids, so I will (laughs) fully guilty of that. But I, um, you know, like one of the jokes with my son is so my son loves to build things, so he's like always building up Lego towers with like he's five. He also likes like adventure. So it's like escape doors and trap oh. patches and all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. So he'll build these like crazy things. And when he was little, you know, he would really struggle to get it to, you know, balance, right. To get it to not topple over. And so like, I got real good at being like, well, you've got to make sure you make it stable. So how do you make it stable? Let's figure it, you know, we like, look at how you do it, look at why it's tipping. And, you know, and then he'd get frustrated. I'm like, you got to try again. If you don't try, you're not going to learn. We, you know, in, in our family, we try, try again, let's try. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, so now as he's gotten older, he's like, mom, I already tried, try, tried, tried again. <laughs> like it still didn't work, mom. Like I already did it. And I'm like, well, let's try one more time. And then, and then let's do it together. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I do a lot of the mindset principles and I see like, oh, that's the coolest thing is I see the effect On my kids. So one of the other things I talk about is, um, positivity to negativity ratio in terms of feedback and the need for a lot of positives to negatives. And so a number of years ago, my, after learning about this, my husband and I agreed to do it. So we like thank each other for everything, like no matter how like trivial or small, (laughs) loading the dishwasher hey thanks for getting the laundry hey thanks for putting the kids to bed like they're all things we have to do like yes. we're parents they're like yeah. requirements but we yeah. just thank each other because it feels better yeah and what what's awesome now is my little kids my especially my two-year-old girls they do it for everything now too thank you mommy thank you oh, mommy like and it's like because they hear it all the yeah. time so now like everyone's always it's the default mode. The default mode is to say thank you and um, or please, you know, that's the, that's the default mode. And I just love that. That's kind of like ingrained, ingrained in them. Um, The the last strategy that I think is so cool too, is we tend to call like a lot of parents will tend to call their kids. Like you're being a bad boy or you're being a bad girl. Mm. And like, you really don't want to say that you want to say it's like a bad choice, you know, and rather than calling or labeling them bad. And I've so ingrained that in my son that if my husband and I, or I slip up and we're like, bad girl, bad girl to one of the the twins, my son will come, come running over. Dad, she's not a bad girl. She's not a bad, she's a bad boy. Don't you call her a bad girl. (laughs) Love it. She's learning. And yeah. he believes it and yeah. knows it. And it's just such a difference, right? Like, okay, yeah, I messed up. I'm really sorry that I messed up. That was a bad choice yeah. versus now I'm bad, you yeah. know? And so there's just things like that, that I think, and I've got a whole chapter in the book on, yeah. on family and how to apply the, the principles to your role in, in the family. And it's a, it's a space that like, you don't get training on, you know, and we need it honestly, as parents, like, we need that information. We need better data points to help our kids evolve and grow.
1: Yeah. No, first of all, I love the fact that I love the experiment that you did with your husband. You were, you're just very grateful for each other. I think mm-hmm. that's like something that I, I love. Like I, I don't I don't think I've shared this with you yet, but growing up as a kid, I've always been like, when I was in first grade, I was like quiet. So my mom was like, she's like not expressing herself. Let me get her to a psychologist because I don't know what's going on. But basically the psychologist, this was like 20 years ago. They were like, um, why don't you try this project uh, for 365 days, write three things you're grateful for every single day. And I did that religiously because I was That's really nice. more of an introvert. And that changed my life completely. That yeah. even with my partner right now, I always thank him for any everything. And he's like, why are you thinking am like, it's by default. And now he's doing the same thing. So I feel like it's so beautiful to have that kind of grateful Mm -hmm. sense of gratitude in everything in the smallest things, big things, whatever, just like being in that space is just so calming and nice and just makes everything better.
0: So yeah, um, yeah, I I did similarly. So when I was, um, when I was after some health issues, yeah. I did a gratitude journal yeah. to try to stay positive. Yeah. And it, it forever changed. I agree with you. Right. Once you do it, it forever changes how you think, even if you don't still do it, yeah. you kind of like naturally do all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I call them in my book, I call it like uh, lifetime movie moments too, <laughs> um, yeah. where I where I talk about like, when you're in a moment, think of it as if it's like you're watching it on TV and like yeah. how the music would be playing and how like, because there are moments in our lives that are like that, like this silly moment, something just spilled all over the floor. And in the in the, in the the movie, it's yeah. funny, you know, yeah. it's not, you know, it's like, I can't believe they did, you know, and so think about it that way and try to see it through that lens yeah. so that you appreciate it you know you appreciate it that much more looking at it that way
1: no i love that because it makes it much more the small things now become like the big things that matter right like Mm -hmm. you know you let's say you did the dishwasher your husband sees us like oh thank you like you know it's like something that because you it you did something for the family and he's doing something for the family it's like all these gifts that you're just sharing with each other, but through actions, which is much more beautiful. So yeah, yeah, I I love that. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have to read your book because I feel like there's a lot of things that we're talking about here that is going to show up in there. Um, But that's awesome. Like I didn't, um, I didn't know that it was also like, you know, there's like family aspect of it in there as well. So um, definitely for anyone who wants to, nurture your family better nurture your relationships better that's like definitely a good book um but yes uh, jessica maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your book um in your words because i'm not fully versed yet um yeah. but yeah tell us a little bit more about it
0: so yeah so i mean it is the book is kind of set up um yes around first, you know, uh, uh, why is important? You know, why do we want to live these life experiences or have these exceptional life experiences and understanding what we have to do to kind of prepare to, yes. to really live life that way. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, what's the guide. So I've got a, a model that I use called the four keys to, mm-hmm. to peak performance. And so that kind of lays out, you know, what are the things you need to be doing to really reach that state that, that, and when I say peak performance, I don't mean like the top, I mean, mm-hmm. like at your best where you're living and, and using your, your strengths and skills to perform at your best. And then I talk a little bit about also about um, the the pandemic, about 2020 and the lessons that we learned from that experience that I think it's easy to move on from and not take the time to say, okay, how has this changed us? And it's changed everybody because everybody, no matter where you were in the world, everybody went through the pandemic, whatever you believe about it, think about it, everybody experienced. And so based on that, what have we learned? And how can we use it to enhance our lives? How can we use it and 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 instead of looking at it as the, the forgotten year or the worst year, look at it as the lessons that we learned. And then the, last, the very last section it then takes the four keys and it applies it to um, each different area. So I apply it to leadership Mm -hmm. um, and a a new way to kind of think about leadership, which is to lead with or lead together Mm -hmm. um, where everybody needs to step into leadership and think of themselves as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I talk about it in the workplace. I talk about it in families. And then the last thing I talk about is in our communities, Mm -hmm. because I think that, and I think everybody kind of feels it these days. There's just this brokenness, There's just this lack of connection. And we're a society-based, you know, species. Like, that's how we're supposed to live. We need each other in order to evolve, in order to grow, in order to progress in our lives. And the more that we fight and argue and put ourselves into different buckets, the worse it gets. And so that last section is really focused on, like, what do we need to do? In our communities, you know, whether that's our religious communities our education communities, you know, our government communities, what do we need to do to transform them to really serve us the way that we we need them to. Um, And we need good people to play roles in those communities like we, we can't ignore them. We need them. And so how do we do that? How do you perform a a role well in that, in that space? So really trying to give the tools, but then also make them, you know, very applicable so you can understand them in kind of context of the different roles that you perform.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And definitely I love the fact that you have a workbook beside it so it you can work along while reading. So that's really good. Um, And so I know we're almost Wrapping up here, um, but mm-hmm. Jessica, I did want to ask you two more things. So we did talk about the sense of gratitude and how that's really impacting um one's life and the way we look at things, the way we look at people, the way we look at the world, our past, present, and future. Like for you, what are three things that you're grateful for?
0: So <laughs> no. I am grateful for my life experience up to this point, everything that I've learned and um, how I've grown and progressed um, up to this point. Mm-hmm. I am incredibly grateful for motherhood, for, for my yeah. three kids that mm-hmm. transformed me as a person um, and has helped me become what I think is a much better person. And, um, I am also really grateful for my family. So my, my husband and, and the rest of my family were very, very close. Um, and I'm really grateful that I have, you know, those, those close relationships, because I think it's all of those things that allow me to now be doing a lot of what I really love mm-hmm. and, and me to be able to write this book and, and do the things that I can do in the world.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful, and I'm sure they are appreciative of you too. <laughs> um, and lastly, Jessica, what is your love message to yourself?
0: Hmm, does that mean
1: so love. that that's um? It, think of it as you talking to yourself. Like, what are things that you you love about yourself that you you probably have not talked to yourself for for quite some time?
0: Giving. So this, this is, <laughs> it's ironic you're asking me this because yes I um I'm so now that I finished the first book I'm in the midst of writing a second yes um on learning to love yourself or learning to love myself um because that's been a struggle for me honestly um and I think it's like the center of that is actually like knowing yourself first um and and knowing what makes you uniquely you and not the identities that we wear, like, and I talk about that a little bit in this book too, but we put on these identities based on whatever group we decide to, to affiliate ourselves with. And then Mm -hmm. we like have to have all the pieces. Um, And I really hate that because I'm not in those buckets and I don't want to be in any one of those buckets. So I think what I, you know, long winded way to say, I think what I love about myself the most is my ability to continue to grow my mm-hmm. ability to continue to evolve to to look at the landscape understand what's going on and keep getting better and keep making life better mm-hmm. and um you know just keep moving forward in a in a good way I think that's probably the thing I mean I could list a whole lot of things that I do well um but I think for me that's the thing I love the most is that I'm I'm centered enough to keep doing that
1: mm-hmm no that's great and Yes, I agree with you. At the end of the day, we're all just humans, right? Well, if we get stripped off of all of our identities that we carry at work or carry uh, with our friends, um, we're just humans and we came from all from the same place and we'll probably end all the same place. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think what you're doing is exceptional as it is. And I'm really Looking forward for people to learn more about you. So, uh, Jessica, where else can we find you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. I am on Medium. You can follow my articles on Medium. Mm-hmm. I've got my own personal website, com. I've also got um, my kind of more the business or the book website, which is evolvingtoexceptional.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, I, of course, provided you the link to the, the free first chapter. So if, if any, you know, I, I welcome everybody to, to subscribe, get that free first chapter, you can see if you like it, if you like what it's all about then um, get the book. And, and, and if anybody's willing, once read the book to leave me a review, I would be super appreciative. because yes, I know yeah. that that really matters for, for Amazon. So yeah. um, and it should be, you know, depending upon when this when this podcast airs, it should be um, published here really soon
1: yeah super excited yes everyone check out the link i'll add it in my post i'll add it in this um wherever I'm, I'm hosting it in spotify apple and google podcasts so you would see all the links in the description below so definitely check it out and learn how to live an exceptional life so thank you again jessica again uh with your presence your time um very busy woman amazing (laughs) to have you here and i love hearing your stories and your journey as well um but yes everyone please
0: (laughs) check jessica out yeah thank you so much it's been so fun being here with you it's just been a fun conversation so thank you
1: no problem see you around (laughs) here's to hoping that your day is filled with peace joy and love Keep speaking your truth and manifesting your dreams and always remember to nurture healthy relating. You may be told that you're not that special, but hey, you matter because you are unique. You are put in this earth as an energy container and it's time to open yourself up and share what you've got. I am so rooting for you and hope to have you here again at Moments with Christy.